everyone, this is another week of Find Your Film. We're back for the week of Friday, April 29th, 2022. We have two big movies to cover this week. One of them is probably, I think, one of the best movies ever from Liam Neeson. It's a movie called Memory. I could be, I don't know if, I, if I'm forgetting how awesome it is, or is it maybe not a good movie? We'll see. And there's another movie that Bruce Perky wanted us to watch. Bruce Perky, what is the movie that you wanted all three of us to watch this week? Oh, um, Hatching. Hatching. What The story of <laughs> trying to, Big Bird. Yes, the story of Big Bird. The story of, Hatching. The story of Big Bird. What made you want, was the actual image of the, the title card or the way the movie looked, the poster? What drew you to Hatching? Is it just word of mouth or what? It was Scandinavian. It looked odd. There was a little girl with a giant egg. I thought, okay, well, might be worth it. Check out. It might be worth the check out. Speaking of check, checking out, Bruce Berkey and Eric Holmes also checked out, I guess, one of the big movies from last weekend, The Northman, and both of them will have reviews of that movie as well. There were a whole bunch of other movies they wanted to cover, but me being the complete party pooper, I decided, I said, oh, I didn't see this movie yet. Can you guys wait? There's a couple of movies that we're going to be holding off till next week as far as to cover because there's a, there's a movie about a citizen who's under suspicion or whatever that movie is that I'm kind of really excited about. Eric Holmes, this is a movie that you dropped on our Bruce and ours la- and my lap months ago. What was this movie that you've been talking about and being excited about and we're going to talk about next week? Oh, geez, that's a long title. An investigation of a citizen above suspicion. I, I saw it on Criterion, and it's a really good movie. I found out about that movie because of uh, Phantomos. They have the album Director's Cut, and you know each, each uh, track is a theme song from an older movie. And that was one of them. So that's what caught my eye on it. And then I finally watched it and I was like, ooh, that's that's a good one. In fact, that's how I uh, found out about Experiment in Terror, another banger. And I, I think at one point I proposed that we just go through all the movies that they did on a Phantomos director's cut and just cover all of them. And maybe we will eventually <laughs> through time. But so far, all of them did uh, Phantomos covers. Obviously, there's Spider Baby, Godfather, Ones that I've seen already, but then the ones that I haven't seen, I go back for, and they always end up being good. So, yeah, Phantomos seems to have pretty good taste in movies, I think. I've heard of the name Experiment in Terror, Bruce Perky. Have you ever seen that movie? It seems like a, a movie that you would see just based on the moniker. I don't think so, but it might be one of those movies I saw a long time ago, and I don't remember what the name was. And if I watch it, I'll be like, wait, have I seen this movie? You ever heard that experience? It's like, yeah. oh, wait. <laughs> I get the experience quite often. <laughs> I hate that. <laughs> I was watching some video today and they were talking about a movie that we saw earlier this month. And I was like, oh yeah, we saw that movie where they were all at that party and then it all got really weird. And oh yeah, we watched that movie. Yeah. All I, my, I, I've that's had... all my friends hate me. I remember. I remember Bruce. Do you remember Eric? All my friends hate me. Or do you side with Bruce? You kind of don't remember that movie. I kind of, <laughs> I remember the title. I'm trying to think of which one that is, yes, but I yeah, that, it, yeah. That, that's actually a really good example. I, I think uh, my brother more than more than a few times had been like, uh, "Hey, remember Blah Blah movie?" I'm like, "I haven't seen that." And like, dude, we watched it like last week. I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, one thing you're not going to forget, Eric Holmes, is the last several days you've been, I guess, in, in a weird way, hard at work at actually regarding some of our merch. You've been ex- doing some exploratory measures. Can you tell our listeners and viewers, et cetera, what you've been doing the last several days? Well, we have such a we have such a beautiful logo created by Juan Diego Escobar Ozate, the, the director of. Oh, lose, lose the flower, the flower of, of evil. evil, right? Oh, damn. So, yeah, it's, yeah, a little and bit I of pre- that. I believe at one point we covered it on cinematics, or <laughs> maybe not, but either way. Bruce, what shirt are you wearing? <laughs> uh, and at one point, he was in Los Angeles with X, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> there you go. Um, but anyway, I, I was playing around because I think our logo is fucking sweet. And I've always wanted like a hoodie or a shirt or do something with that. And then I was playing around. It was like, you know, because being in bands, like my recollection of getting merch is buying like a hundred or a thousand or something and then just crossing my fingers hoping that we can unload them all and then we never do um but <laughs> i found i found a website that uh you can you can create t-shirts and hoodies and whatnot and so i put our logo on it and ordered one and i got uh, this guy in here okay uh, hoodie, hoodie right here hoodie. for those who can see it's got the 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 really big logo on the back the horror one right and then the black and white one up front oh, nice. it's a pretty nice hoodie so i'm gonna you know kind of put it through the ringer see how it works and if there's any uh if there's any interest 
all I have to do is go click it on public. And if anyone wants to get one, they can. I don't know why I wouldn't do it because we don't have to, you know, we don't have to buy a hundred shirts. We just kind of put it out. And if someone wants one, they can get one. Well, guys, let's brainstorm. What other merch, find your film merch items. Bruce, what do you think should we do down the road? What should Eric work on? Because he's the mastermind of this whole shenanigans. Let let me think about it as the episode goes on and I'll throw out some uh, some merch ideas. I'm sure I can come up with something. I don't think we're going to go the ghost route, though, or the... um, Hmm. What's the name of the band that did... uh, What's the German band that always has fire coming off their heads? Uh, What's that? Those guys. Rammstein? Yeah, I don't want to think we're going to do Rammstein's routine. I think they did a merch that was very special where all of the members' members were uh, sellable. But we're not going to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, one of the ideas I had, and I'm anyone listening, I'm open to uh, any ideas anyone else has. Or if you want to steal some of these ideas, go for it because I think they're good ideas. But like, uh, I threw out a uh, prototype idea of yours with the Find Your Film logo and that says, I made a 6.9 star movie. Mm-hmm. So the idea is that like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, so like the long walk would be one of those, but what, what was the last, uh, that was uh petite maman would be one of those where okay. like, if all three of us give a five star to a movie, then we offer the, uh, we offer the filmmaker a, uh, I made a 6.9 star movie and maybe make a, like a, uh, exclusive limited edition thing so any of the money that goes towards that uh maybe we hit up the filmmaker and go hey your shirt made this much money in this amount of time we're going to close it up what crowdfunding campaign do you want us to donate this to or you know do something fun like that i i I think there's a bunch of really cool ideas we could do with that yeah i'm boring i I wouldn't mind just a black t-shirt with the black and white find your film logo that's the one that i would really i'm cool with that too you know, very simple, and what we can make it elaborate, crowd crowdsourcing, and all that stuff, crowdfunding. Yeah. I'm sure Bruce down the line has some really interesting ideas as well. So who knows? Who knows? We can make it. We can make a T-shirt of Pete dropping the beat. Pete dropping. I don't the know beat. what that would look like. <laughs> Maybe Pete Abeda from middle class film class classes drum beats. We can do that, and we can do a lot of different but, things. Oh, yes, but uh, so the website I went to to play around with this is teespring.com. So you know, Pete, Andrew, you know, if anyone listening with the you know Force Five podcasts, any one of you guys, if you want to make a merch just go on teespring.com it's super easy to fuck around with and then you decide uh i mean god knows i would buy an andrew watches movie t-shirt in like three seconds flat so oh yeah just just kind of throwing that out there yeah yeah these are all good podcasts and it's time i mean we you know like you said you're wearing the cinematics merch it's i'm not very good with merch but i'm glad one of us it's taking the initiative, and who knows down the down the line, maybe we'll have a merch line for for find your film along. And again, it's, it's been two years in the making, and I've been dragging my feet on this. But this is, I actually have a sort of a website that has been dormant since 2015. It's called Find Your Scene. Don't ask why I spelled it a re- really weird way, but I think this is going to be a great place for us to house a lot of our movie archival stuff that we're trying to do that we've been doing for find your film as well. So who knows what will happen with that website. I will leave links to that. And Eric down the line will leave links to the Teespring site where people can purchase merch. Who knows? Okay. So that sounds really interesting as far as find your film goes. Bruce, anything else you want to add regarding before we get to our, our big, our two big movies just right off the top of your head? Uh, No, the only thing I could think of was we need album covers like the the solo albums from Kiss that later were done by the Melvins, and then we need to do our own versions of those. (laughs) Four Star Greg could be one, and yeah, I could see I could see some possibility there. Four Star Greg, yeah, maybe just yeah, that that'd be really cool. Hopefully, I'll I'll remember all of these things that you've said, Eric, and you said, Bruce, because right now we're we're covering a movie called Memory, and let's just say let's just be very straight about this movie. Very simple plot. Liam Neeson, he's on a mission. What happens when Liam Neeson is on a mission, Eric Holmes? Other Bruce, and he kills people. <laughs> kills people. Bruce, are you, is there usually a big lineup of corpses whenever Liam Neeson goes on a mission? What do you think? Maybe. I, I mean, I was surprised by the lineup of pigeons. There's lots of pigeons in this movie. I know that much. It's directed by John Woo. Anyways, the movie is <laughs> called Memory. And Liam Neeson, he plays a hitman, an assassin. Okay? Well... Usually an assassin or a hitman, they're, they're usually b- bad people. And yes, Liam Neeson in this movie, he's bad. He kills people for money. Contract for hire. The catch is he does, 
He doesn't want to do. He, he wants to retire. But the problem is this organization he works for, they want him to do the job. But with all his evilness, this character, he will not kill children. He'll kill everyone else, but he won't kill kids. That's You cross the line as far as this character in memory. That's the premise of the movie. When when he decides not to cross the line and it seems like the even worse people are after him and along the line, he this character, this hitman, tries to uncover a big conspiracy regarding immigration and being a pedophile and prostitution and drug, and just a lot of, it's like sort of Mexico, El Paso, crossing the border, a lot of different stuff. It's a Liam Neeson film. It's directed by Martin Campbell, who's a very interesting filmmaker. Love his Zorro films, and he's a very muscular director. I'm, you know what? I even kind of dug his his Green Lantern. I'm a Martin Campbell enthusiast. I'll, I'll tell you my thoughts on Memory in a second. First, Bruce, let's start off with you regarding this movie, Memory, which hits theaters on April 29th. Um, it's uh, this isn't my kind of movie. It's it's one of those movies where you see everybody that's in it, and it's like you remember that they did make good movies at one point, but now they're making this movie. And this is just like a, a tropey TV action movie kind of. Uh, you've got a self-surgery scene. You've got some John Woo pigeons. I don't know why they're not doves, but they're pigeons. It, it's a simple plot that still, still has somehow manages to be confusing. I, I found myself wondering, like, who's doing what and why? And why is this vaguely QAnon related? Like, there's this, just like it's all a mismatch of mixed pot of right-wing tropes and action tropes and actors you've seen before in better things and mediocre action and it's just yeah a big pile of nothing very forgetful a big pile of nothing says bruce perky regarding memory was this nothing to you eric holmes or was it actually something Oh, it wasn't nothing. I, I kind of liked it. I mean, as far as the Liam Neeson action vehicles go, I think this is probably one of the better ones. I, I wouldn't say it's as good as like Taken, which I think is, you know, it kind of hit it out of the park with Taken. It's been diminishing returns ever since. Uh, this doesn't get quite at Taken level, but of all those, this is probably one of the better ones. Yeah, you got Guy Pierce doing Guy Pierce stuff. Yeah, Guy Pierce, an got FBI Liam agent. Yeah. He's, he's, he's an FBI agent, um, you know, Guy Pierce, and he's trying to actually uncover what's going on. He has mm-hmm. this FBI agent has his own backstory. Like Bruce said, there's just so many different stories in memory, and it just seems like a hodgepodge of different layers. Brought of in his greasy hair from the uh, Proposition movie, so that was pretty cool. <laughs> Very good. There's uh, also Monica Bellucci, who is a just this big wig corporate businesswoman entrepreneur and she's just rich beyond belief she may have a near duel son who's a little bit corrupt there's so many different characters there's a young mex uh young mexican teen who's in trouble because she's witness to some kind of murder but then she also has a definite she has a definite backstory and might be a primary witness in a case there's a lot of different things going on in memory and so ultimately Eric, it actually clicked for you. Would you recommend this movie? It, it's weird because uh, this movie's coming out in theaters. And so it kind of, uh, if this came out straight to DVD, I'd be like, holy shit, this is awesome. Straight to DVD movie. Since it's a theater movie, it's a, it's still pretty good. I think uh, for what it is, but you got movies like the Northman out. <laughs> you got movies like, uh, you know, everything everywhere all at once out there um, that, you know, but, I don't know. It's kind of like a, if you like the Liam Neeson action movies, this will be your cup of tea. If you're bored of the Liam Neeson action movies, this probably isn't going to pull you back into the fold. Well, let me so mention, I, Martin. I, I guess that's where I think I'm at with it. Let but me mention per, Martin. But personally, I enjoyed watching it. You okay? You enjoyed watching it. I mentioned Martin Campbell, just a couple of his movies The Legend of Zorro, Casino Royale, Green Lantern. I mentioned that. Edge of Darkness, starring Mel Gibson, a movie that I absolutely love. I can watch that uh, over I, I think, and over I think again. this. I think this movie would probably be around Edge of Darkness. If you like the Edge of Darkness, you might this might be kind of in your wheelhouse. He also directed the Jackie Chan film, Jackie Chan, Lee, Jackie Chan Pierce Brosnan film from 2017 called The Foreigner. I am a Martin Campbell fan. I agree with Bruce that this movie is flawed. I liked it more than Bruce. There are just so many different elements that ultimately a lot of this stuff doesn't add up. And it's almost two hours. It could have been... A clean 90 minutes, 95 minutes. It actually minutes. was, Greg, your memory uh, is oh, a my memory, <laughs> My memory is, yeah, I need to jog my memory. There's a lot of different things. They're just- <laughs> Versus like, no, never no. again with that joke. I think, yeah, again, this is a remake of the 2003 Belgian film, The Memory of a Killer. 
I'm a Liam Neeson fan. I like Martin Campbell films. This is a flawed film. I would recommend this for people who like Martin Campbell movies, Liam Neeson movies, which I am one of. Also, the the little parts of the movie, meaning the actors. I like seeing Monica Bellucci again. I liked Ray Stevenson as um, one of the as as a detective. Always good to see Ray Ray Stevenson. Just a lot of some really good actors in this film that I liked. There's a guy named Harold Torres. He, he was the Mexican cop in this movie. He has a pretty big role, and I liked him in that miniseries Zero Zero Zero, which starred. Andrea Riseborough. So ultimately for me, the, the parts were bigger than the whole. The whole itself was a mixed bag. I would still recommend this movie, but I would give it a mild recommend, recommendation. I would give Memory three stars. What about you, Bruce? Um, I would say, I would say if you're going to go see The Northman, but you have a dad or a grandpa who really likes like TV crime shows, drop him off at this movie on the way, and then you don't have to talk to him about The Northman. But um, yeah, I'd give it two stars. Two stars for Bruce. Eric, what you got for memory? On the scale of Liam Neeson action movies, where Taken is a five-star movie, this is probably four-star, three-and-a-half, four-star. As a regular movie, though, yeah, I think three stars is probably about right. Okay, three stars for Eric Holmes, three stars for me, two stars for Bruce Perky. Again, this is the new Liam Neeson film. Memory comes out in theaters, exclusively in theaters on April 29th. Might be a better version, might be a better streaming version because like, like Bruce and Eric said, there's a lot of movies out this weekend, like The Northman, Everything Everywhere All at Once, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, just a lot of great cinema. I mean, speaking of great cinema, I'm so glad that The Batman was, uh, you know, you know, it's going to be a sequel. Bruce, Eric, you got, you guys excited for the Batman sequel? Or I would. On? What? I would watch uh, Memory 2 before I watch Batman again. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't watch Bruce. That was funny. <laughs> or maybe even true. <laughs> if, if, if it's between Memory or the Batman, watch Memory twice. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. You could just watch Memory twice and get in and still watch the end of the Batman. So there you go. There you go. Okay, so that that's it. Our next feature film is a movie called Hatching. It comes out in theaters April 29th. It's directed by Hannah Bergholm, very talented filmmaker. It centers on Tinja, a 12-year-old gymnast who, you know, she has a domineering mother and her mother has a lot of big secret going on and Tinja's you know, you, you, the movie starts off you think they're the picture-perfect family. They are far from it. There's a lot of things going on. One of the things that's going on is Tinja, the 12-year-old gymnast, she actually, the movie's called Hatching. She has an egg. She helps hatch a pretty big egg, and the egg turns into just this really interesting monster, beautiful animatronic monster that I was, my eyes were just bulging out just looking at it. Really interesting. That monster ultimately wrecks havoc on Tinja's life and her family's life and everyone around her. And that is the premise of this movie, Hatching. Really, I'm really, really high on this. Would love to hear what Eric Holmes thinks of Hatching. Was it too far out for you or did it did it hit you right between the eyes in a good way? No, it uh, definitely wasn't too far out for me. I kind of almost wish it would have went a little further, but <laughs> um, this movie's really good. And I don't know what we can say about it. Well, uh, you know, they... they uh, I think we can say a lot about it. I mean, the, the, there's a creature that comes out of the big egg. Okay. Well, the the creature then uh, is awesome. I got. I, got uh, I mentioned to you. I got like. I uh, felt like a uh, Cronenberg, Lynch, and Jim Henson all got together and just like fucked and made a laid a huge egg, <laughs> a huge glorious egg. And this dude, that that creature is like simultaneously creepy and adorable at the same time, and. This, uh, I mean, it, it, but beyond the creature feature aspect of it, you know, it says, uh, does a lot about, uh, motherhood. You know, it's got the, what you're seeing in the movie and then what the movie's really about. So, you, you know, I, I guess with the ballet and the bird stuff, you would think Black Swan would be the easiest thing to compare it to. And I guess other than the ballet, it's really not the, quite like the, Black Swan, but it kind of is. The gym stuff. I, you mean the gym? You think ballet's. Ma- oh, yeah. Yeah. The gymnast stuff. Yeah. Um, you know they they try to get perfect. And I don't know what to say about this because I don't know what I don't know what's a spoiler and what's not. But uh, needless to say, I really fucking love this movie. And as it went on, I loved it more. And I like uh, I like all the characters. I like not the subplot, but the subtext to what what a lot of this movie means. Um, I love the creature effects. Yeah. Um, 
the, I mean, that that's, you know, I, I wasn't joking. That's fucking Jim Henson level shit. Like, looks like a baby Skeksy running around. I'm like, oh, I just want to pick it up and hug it. <laughs> but at the, at, at another time, I'm like, get this fucking abomination away from me, which I guess is kind of what the uh, main character is sort of, sort of, you know, going back and forth with. Uh, the mom character was awesome. Yeah, the mom, uh, by the way, is an influencer. She's an influencer, yeah. so so she has. I to, mean, it, her she, character is a piece of shit. Yeah, but her portrayal, the the actor portraying her, was uh, really great. Um, the characters are all really great. The uh, oh, who's the uh, who's the main actress that plays the girl? Yeah, and she's Siri, got dual roles in this. Yeah, Siri Solalina. Siri Solalina. That and now, this is her first acting role. Yeah, I, I believe, heard that I uh, that, that the director took so long because she had to find the right right person to play her because of the dual roles. And when you watch the movie, you'll know what she's talking about. And good on her for waiting because I I thought she I thought she nailed those as well. Yeah, the, the, this I, I, I can't think of anything bad to say about this. It's weird. Well, so you, if you don't like weird, you probably won't like it. But well, you alluded to Eric. Did you want it to go a little bit weirder, a little bit crazier, a little bit bloodier, a little bit more? Was that a complaint? No, no, you were. That, it, it's not a critique. It's just it would have been cool if it happened, but it didn't. And I'm still I'm still fine with the weirdness that we ended up with. <clears throat> Who's the Teton? Why can't I think of Ducano? Julia Ducano. Ducano. This feels like this feels like raw, and I can't wait to see what her Teton is. The, you know, the follow up to this, and I I hope the follow up to hatching. You know, just kind of I I could see her going a Julia Ducourneau kind of path, and then just like, oh yeah, that's uh, pretty creepy. That's pretty good. Let me show you what you did wrong, and then just go even nuts, more nuts on the next one. Or maybe or maybe she gets more reserved. I I don't know, but whatever she does next, I'm here for it because I fucking love this movie. I agree with you, Sam, here. I effing love it as well. Bruce Perky, your thoughts on hatching? I mirror a lot of what you guys said. I I accept I liked it less as it went, as opposed to more as it went. I thought the first half of this movie was fantastic, and I really, really loved that we got to see the creature, that we got to see it early, and I really liked the creature, and I really liked the weirdness of what started happening with that creature. And then... I will just say, as the creature started to transform, I liked it less and less and less. It got more and more uninteresting to me. And it got, it was kind of gutless at the last half, too, for me. It was bloodless. It did not go places. It it pulled its punches. That's the problem for me. There was moments where I thought it should have done things, and it just didn't go as far as I thought it should. And it set up a... um it set up a dynamic with the family that I wanted to see paid off more too. It kind of paid it off a little bit at the end, but it didn't really follow through with it. And I really liked the dynamic of the family. I liked the way the father was absolutely as passive as you can get and how they set up how the mom was, you know, using that and, and kind of going, going hard the other way. <laughs> and then how she was kind of involving her daughter in and all that it was really, really interesting. And I thought it just it got the second half to me was just generic. It was a little tropey for me. It was a lot of scenes that, that I've seen in other movies, you know, things like going down a highway and then there's a jump scare. I'm not going to say what happens. And then they don't actually show what happens, but they just show the after effects of what happens. So I was quite disappointed with the second half of this movie compared to the first half. That's interesting. I, for me, the movie got even more interesting when there's, when there's a, a big sudden, there's a sudden shift, which Eric kind of alludes to. It's interesting. I have a feeling that a lot of people will be split on it regarding hatching. I think some people will really take it to heart and some people may, might have the same problem that Bruce had. What do you think on this, Eric, regarding the, the shift? Uh, I, I really liked where it goes at the end. I almost compared it to something else, but that would absolutely oh, okay. uh, spoil it. <laughs> but uh, that, that, I guess I can see the tropiness, but I I'd still, I, I don't know. I, I liked where it goes and I like how certain things with the uh, certain things that, that uh, you're going to say, well, yeah, yeah, you can't uh, really talk like, about it. Okay. It, it, to... If I say too much, just cut it out. It set up a really odd and interesting relationship with her and the creature that disappeared. Yeah. That relationship disappeared. And I wanted to see that Ooh. relationship go oh, no. forward for me it, it 
it isn't a, it isn't bad what it did necessarily, but what I wanted to see it where it go, it didn't go. So I was disappointed from that point on. I just wanted it to go a place that it didn't go. So I felt felt disappointed. It doesn't mean where it went was bad. It just wasn't. It didn't satisfy me. That's all I'm saying. Okay, cool, Eric. I I really like the the relationship with the between the girl. And again, if I say too much, just cut it out and put it wherever. I, I don't care, but. I, I like the relationship with the girl and the creature and I like how that mirrors it kind of mirrors her and her mom's relationship, but also in certain ways, it's kind of her trying to um, uh, learn mistakes that her mom does and trying not to do that. But it's, it's a strange circumstance because it's not human. It's basically, she's basically trying to care for a monster. And so uh, there's a, uh, you know, there's some, uh, metaphor i guess there the ending which uh we definitely can't talk about we we can't talk about but there's uh, amazing yeah the so the relationship between the girl and the creature and how that affects the ending uh i thought was really well done as well really well done but again like bruce was was saying thought he thought the second half was toothless and I'm assuming that you thought the, the ending was toothless as well, or maybe just very lukewarm in your reception of it. Both Eric and I love the ending. We love the second half. Bruce did not so much. So, Bruce, what is your final rating? What's your rating on hatching? It was five stars for about 45 minutes. And then by the end, it was three stars. Okay, so three stars for Bruce Perky. Eric Holmes, what do you give hatching? Uh, same. It was five stars for about 45 minutes, and then it kept being five stars for the rest of it. <laughs> five stars from Eric Holmes. Five-star banger from Eric Holmes. You love it so much. I actually don't don't like it as much as you, Eric Holmes. I only give it four and a half stars. So four and a half okay. stars from me for hatching. Five-star banger for Eric Holmes. Three stars. Mild recommend. I, I'm sure we can all agree you. that whatever whatever her next movie is, we're there, right? Yeah, 100%. Hundred percent. Yeah. So. Yep. Yeah. So interesting stuff. Oh, I I hope more members of our Cinematics Facebook group give Hatching a shot. Again, hit select theaters April twenty eighth. We might be having a bigger discussion on the validity, the creative validity of Hatching when it hits digital and VOD on May seventeenth. So I'm just hope hoping that we get more of a discussion in our Cinematics Facebook group about this movie. All right, that is it as far as our featured movies. But there's another big movie that came out last week. It's called The Northman. Did you find it? What you lost? In the house today, was it there? That. And more. It's a nightmare. Then you must wake up. Both Bruce and Eric, we all know what the Northman's about. It's a revenge tale and all that stuff. Vikings and all that. All that. Robert Eggers, is that his name? Eggers, the guy who did the Gilligan's Island movie in black and white, right? Yep. What was it called? What was that? <laughs> That's a way to put it. <laughs> was it U.S. Minow and uh, Willem Dafoe and, and it's shot oh, in that Now it's time for Gabin Chatter. <laughs> It's same. It's shot in the same frame kind of situation, like the killing of two lovers with a boxy thing. So he does a, movie, a ninety million movie called ninety million dollar movie called The Northman. First off, Bruce Porky, was it worth the trip to the theaters to go see it? I, I'm assuming maybe you saw it with a couple of your kids, or maybe you went solo. I don't know. What did you think of The Northman? Uh, I liked it quite a bit. Uh, I saw it with my oldest son and he liked it pretty well too. It was one of those, it was weird. I went to the movie theater and they made sure he was 17. They weren't going to let him in if he was 17. And I, after seeing the movie, it wasn't, I don't know. I don't think it was that extreme or anything. Uh, I thought it was really, really good. I, I sat with it a little bit and I think I like it more the more I sit with it. Uh, this is definitely a movie that does epic, I think, right. And does it in a very interesting way. And it's kind of like, to me, people have been comparing it to what the Lion King and Hamlet. I guess that the Hamlet was loosely based maybe on this ancient Nordic tale that this is based on. Uh, I kind of think of it as like a really elevated Conan the Barbarian, which is already pretty good. It's an interesting 
cool movie. It's really visceral. It's really visual. It's got crazy, interesting action and violence. And it's a revenge tale, of course, but it's a really interesting take on the revenge tale. And I won't really spoil anything, but the main character that we get with Skarsgård isn't the usual vengeful hero. So I guess I'll put it that way. And I appreciated that quite a bit. Uh, there's a lot to like in this movie. And I think if you like, like, want to see something that isn't another MCU movie and want to see an action movie that's different, but also still delivers the goods, I think that you should probably check this movie out. It's really good. Um, I like it quite a bit. Bruce, did you see any kind of compromise? I was just kidding about the Gil- of Gilligan's Island. I mean, do you see any kind of compromise from the witch? the guy who did The Witch and The Lighthouse, or is it just part and parcel of the business? You make a $90 million movie, you, you need to make it a lot less maybe cerebral and as intimate as the first two. I, I I mean, it's a different story. This is meant to be a bigger, bigger story, right? It's a, you know, it's a, you know, kind of a, somewhat of a swashbuckling revenge tale, but it's got all of that eggersy weirdness kind of mixed into it. So I don't, I don't think I feel like he probably compromised much of his vision here. Uh, And I think the problem you're seeing in the box office probably uh, reflects that in that I think your average kind of popcorn moviegoer gets to goes and see this movie and it's a little too weird. It's a little bit too dark. They probably don't, know quite who to latch on to. And I think that's what I'm kind of getting at with the heroic figure. He isn't your standard heroic figure that's really easy to get behind. And I think that's probably a problem too. So I don't think he probably diluted his vision much, but he'll tell us, I'm sure. Yeah, very cool. Eric, the Northman. I think uh, now I didn't see the, uh, did I say the trailer? I don't think I saw the trailer. But anyway, I think where the marketing fucked up was they should have done what they did with The Revenant. They didn't show a trailer for The Revenant. They showed like three minutes of the Revenant of like one of those one shots where it's like, holy shit, that looks awesome. They sh- that there's a there's more than a couple scenes like that in the Northman. It was like, dude, don't even show the trailer. Just before a movie starts, like, and now two minutes of the Northman, and then just play that, <laughs> and then people would be like, I'm going to see that fucking movie. <laughs> uh, and 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 Eric. The scene they should have shown was a scene where they're pretending to be dogs, and it's his son and him being oh. dogs. <laughs> and they they bark. I was, and they bark. I was thinking like the wonder. I was thinking the wonder pillaging scene right at the uh, towards the beginning. Well, yeah, but, well, that's obvious. <laughs> I mean, Ethan Hawke eating like a dog, barking at some kid. That's <laughs> oh, fucking good. Oh, we got to be and real, Nicole man. Kidman. Dude, Nicole Kidman. Can we I, mention? I, I, I mentioned about her with uh, being the Ricardos. I was not a fan of. Nicole Kidman, but between watching her in that and watching her in this, I've I've been fucking sleeping on her. She's fucking great. So, yeah. and the the Sorry, thing about Nicole this Kidman, movie, you're awesome. I just now <laughs> found out. The thing about this movie, and and Greg, you might catch up to it at some point and see if you agree with us, and see if Eric agrees with me. The thing about this movie is like probably through what the first three quarters of this movie, you're like, well, Nicole Kidman's in here, but she's not really doing much. She's just kind of being the queen. She doesn't do hardly anything. And then she has a scene, and I know Eric knows the scene I'm talking Mm -hmm. about, and she has a scene where she's supposed to kill it, and she fucking kills it. And you're like, holy shit. That's why she's here. <laughs> so yeah, uh, I mean it's it's pretty impressive. Oh, yeah, this, this movie's bloody as hell. Uh, the the action people talk about how good Michael Bay is at action. He's not, but people talk about how he is good at it. Robert Eggers is great at action. The action scenes in this, and granted, they're mostly wonders, but that's that's what action scenes are supposed to be. They're supposed to. I mean, it it it, it felt like he took a page or two out of one shot. It was like, oh, I've been watching Scott Atkin movies. I, I think I can do this. And he pulls it off and he's got that kind of David Eggers kind of grit to it. And they're just, they're just fantastic. Anytime. And that they're not afraid to get fantastical either. And and somehow like the, the way they do the fantastical in this, it doesn't come off as cheesy or stupid. Like that there's a there's a, a one fight in particular that I was like, dude, this could be a He-Man movie. Like you put a skull on the other person <laughs> who's fighting. This is a He-Man movie, a badass He-Man movie. Yeah, this this now this thing's violent as fuck. So obviously, if you don't like blood, I think I think the one thing this movie is missing. And you were talking about uh, had he if he had to make compromises. I think the one compromise he probably had to make. I bet he wanted more dick in this. And it sounds like a joke, but did this movie not feel like it needed some? floppy hangdowns from time to time 
Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I would say if, if nothing alone, and this is not a spoiler scene, the early scene where they're getting riled up to go into battle, that first berserker scene, and they go, they're around the fire and they're all like yelling and getting ready. Yeah. I could see that being totally, all those guys totally nude during and, that scene. I mean, you know, we're in 2022, you know, yeah. the, the, there's been more than a few movies that, that, you know, you see the, you see, back in the days, you used to see the tits flopping around everywhere. But in recent years, you've started seeing more dicks flopping around. And this, it, it seems like a weird critique, but this almost feels like it's just, it, it feels like it wanted that and it's missing that. And maybe if there was any sort of uh, compromise, my guess would be that was it. It's like, oh, we got to have Alexander Skarsgård's hang down flopping around everywhere. And then the studios are like, this is a hundred million dollar movie or however much money the movie costs. We cannot have full frontal on Alexander Skarsgård. No one will show up to that. Meanwhile, we're like, everyone will show up to that. <laughs> okay. So what is your final ratings? Uh, your ratings for the Northman? I'll go four and a half. Had there been more penis, I would have went five. <laughs> Got it. So four and a half with the room to grow. To grow. Nice. <laughs> nice. How about you, Bruce? Uh, I'm exactly the same. I'm four and a half. Four, both four and a half stars from Bruce and Eric. Four. Also because of the lack of penis. <laughs> the lack of penis on the well, that was that was that was implied. <laughs> All right, Eric. Speaking of you, you have a couple of Blu-ray recommendations, special features. First yeah. off, I'm just excited to hear what you thought of Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Bruce and I were pumping the movie up after my cry down last week on Petite Maman. We told you. Portrait of a Lady on Fire is going to be really amazing. Did it live up to expectations for you? I did not like it. Oh, here here it is. I have it on a DVD Criterion version. Real quick, as far as uh, special features, there's not much on here. Uh, for mm. us, uh, there's a couple. Uh, there's a couple interviews, but not not a whole lot to write home about. If you're buying the Blu-ray or the Criterion version for the special features, just know it's pretty sparse. Okay. As for the movie itself, this is kind of what I thought Petite Maman was going to be. And so this kind of wasn't in my wheelhouse. But as it went on, I started getting more into the uh, relationship of the two and, you know, really started to care, uh, care about the characters. I really liked the world that, you know, uh, I've been swimming in for about two hours. And overall, this did not, this like didn't even come close to, uh, um, touching me the way that petite maman did that being said this is a really good movie and more importantly i think this is a really good uh like it's a really good love story and i think it's worth watching and i'm everyone listening to this is probably like duh eric we know we saw this movie two years ago thanks for finally catching up but uh yeah i, I dug this one were you slightly disappointed you said it's good but were you slightly disappointed because I, I wasn't disappointed because as it was going, I'm like, yeah, th- okay, this is kind of what I expected, and this is not my kind of movie just in general. But it was still a good version of that movie that I don't generally like. That and Petite Maman is so good. I, I kind of feel like uh, I kind of f- feel like Anderson with Petite Maman. That that's kind of where I'm at. Right. It's like th- this is good. I understand why people like it, and I like it too. But. Where I, I believe Anderson said portrait, this movie portrait of a lady on fire blew him away. And then Petit Maman was kind of lacking, according to him. I'm kind of the other way where Petit Maman blew me away. And then this one felt kind of lacking, which is backwards because this yeah. one came out first. But that being said, it's not a bad movie by any stretch of the imagination. And if you want to watch a good love story, a really sexy love story, I would check out portrait of a lady on fire. But as I mentioned before, I bet everyone listening to this already did. So, hey, guys, I caught up finally. <laughs> Bruce, you and I are sort of, are we both Celine Siama fans? Because we both love both movies to the to the highest of limits as far as that goes. I, I think so. And, and I mean, I pro- maybe I'm a little more of a sucker for that kind of thing. But I think it. I think it's probably value added for people to hear Eric say that it's still a really good movie, though, because there's a lot of people that will be in his camp. Like, I'm not going to go towards this movie because it's not for me. And to know that, like, hey, it's a quality movie. They might give it a chance. Um, also, just to kind of remind people that you have the same actress in this movie that we saw earlier this year in uh what was it paris district uh, 13 i think it was yes. or district whatever number yeah. it was yes so, so it's kind of interesting to see her in in two really 
romantic movies, different roles. She's got a presence about her that I think is pretty amazing. And I can't come up with her name off the top of my head, but she's she's really good. That that's so that's good. actually that's actually another thing I think going against this movie is I love Paris District thirteen a lot. Like as far as like yeah, romance so movies, good. like that that's my jam right there. And this is like it's good. It's not Paris District thirteen, but it, it's so pretty good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I hope Paris District thirteen gets a lot more love when it either comes out on streaming or maybe Towards the the end of the year, maybe they might have some kind of awards consideration. That's a very interesting movie which we I, covered several I, weeks ago. I also, yes, I also think it's important to, uh, and as Bruce mentioned with the Petite Maman, uh, Celine Siyama, yeah, she, she's definitely working on another level. I mean, to, yeah, that everything about this movie I should hate. Like I, I should have just, I should have just Portrait of a Lady on Fire. I should have been sleeping through half of it, and I wasn't. And so the the fact that she can, it, it's almost like she took a checklist of everything I hate in the movie. And it's like I'm going to add all this stuff, and he's still going to kind of like, it. yeah. <laughs> yes, I'm going to. Let me, Bruce. I was say I'm going to throw something out about her as a filmmaker because we talk about like Nolan. We're just talking about Eggers. We're talking about these guys that do these really like intricate and very like driven like obsessive movies, right? But uh, the big complaint against them a lot of times is they're kind of soulless or that they're kind of like the, the characters aren't really deep and stuff. And I think she's the exact opposite. At least for two movies I've seen, she is like an extremely she just taps straight into emotion. I think she does. And I think that's something really value added too. Whereas we talk about Dirk Carnot, and I think she does kind of both. She gets into emotion but also does some really interesting, weird, obsessive technical stuff. So uh, I think it's just interesting how you can admire and appreciate filmmakers that do different things really well. And both types of movies can be equally amazing in different ways. You know, another filmmaker who knows how to tap into emotion is the long walk director, Matty Doe. And if you want to learn more about Matty Doe, Eric Holmes, Bruce Perky, and Movie Bears podcast co-host, William Lindis, they have a long, long conversation with Matty Doe, spanning several hours. They've actually, Eric Holmes, edited five chapters for me to get. I've only, I only have three chapters up on the YouTube channel, so hopefully I'll, I'll upload the next two installments in the coming days, but they're very, very good. Actually, I uploaded chapter three today, and there's some really interesting stuff on the third installment, with which has Matty Doe talking about a dream project regarding the Giselle ballet and a dog with powers. And it's a weird story that she has, which I hope she gets to make. Is that, was that supposed to be like Air Bud 17? Yes. <laughs> I can't believe you guys talked about Air Bud as well in the, in the program. There's a brief, just a mention of Ratatouille, her favorite movie. And then she also talks about, there's some really great frank discussion on the two cinematographers who, who worked on The Long Walk. Just very candid stuff from Matty Doe. Check that out on our Deepest Dream YouTube channel, which houses a lot of the content here over at Find Your Film. So that is uh, that is it. Portrait of a Lady on Fire. You have one more Blu-ray as far as a recommendation. There's a movie called Scary, The Scary of 61st. It played last December in select theaters. Eric Holmes has, is that an arrow video or a yellow veil or what? what is it? Uh, this is Vinegar Syndrome. Vinegar uh, this Syndrome. This one's a Blu-ray. Uh, this one has uh, a lot more as far as the special features go. Uh, let's see. It, it, it's been a little over a month since I watched this because well, I was let me supposed just to say cover something. this a while ago. Here, okay, my bad on that because I always I always make Eric cover – whenever he sees something, I said, oh, Eric, can you wait two months before you get that out? <laughs> the, this movie, it says – here's a synopsis. While out apartment hunting, college pals Noel and Adele – or wait, what is it? Addie, actually. Noel and Addie, they stumble upon the deal of a lifetime, a duplex in Manhattan's Upper East Side. Sounds great. They get it. They move in. The only problem is there is a sinister picture of the apartment emerges when a mysterious woman arrives and claims the property. She claims a property used. It used to belong to the infamous and recently deceased Jeffrey Epstein. So that is the premise of the movie. I know the director, Dasha Nekrasova, just based on her work on that HBO HBO series, Succession. She's very good in that. The scary of sixty first. For for some reason, you you purchased it, Eric. Did you watch the movie first and then purchase it, or was this a blind buy for you? No, it was a, it was a blind buy. Well, not totally a blind buy because I think we covered it on uh, Cinematics. Oh, movies you want to watch? I, I don't know if it was me or Bruce, but I know that we both flagged it when uh, before it was going to come out as something that would be interesting. And then 
I wasn't able to see it here. We weren't able to get screeners, and then I got the. Uh, uh, it came out on Blu-ray, thanks to Vinegar Syndrome, and I picked it up immediately. And um, yeah, this movie is nuts. <laughs> the, the, this is like a definitely Jalo. It, it's like a very like a more Inland Empire where the the the, the characters are kind of slowly going nuts as the as the uh, movie goes along. Okay, so there's a character that. How do I explain it? A character gets uh, possessed because they're in Jeffrey Epstein's old apartment, and somehow they get possessed with a uh, a pedophile demon. So one of the characters basically regresses and infantilizes themselves. And <laughs> you know what? Just just watch it. <laughs> the, the more I try to, the more I try to uh, think about this and describe it. Uh, the less it's making sense um but it's really good and i saw it twice and it just keeps yeah what why did you see it twice then there's something there's a reason why i saw it twice what makes the movie work um so dasha necrosova is insane and i kind of like her insanity or at least the way it's portrayed in this movie she's also got the i guess she's got the podcast the red scare i didn't listen to much of that but i listened to a little bit of that and i can't remember what her co-host's name is but uh, as I'm listening to that, I'm like, okay, yeah, they just have a really fucked up sense of humor. And then, so then I go and watch this again. I'm like, yep, all all this tracks, and it's it's never dull, and it's has a lot of uh, scenes where you're watching it, just kind of, oh god, yeah, I I don't even know how to explain this movie. It's just really good, really weird. And and it's my kind of weird, especially like the kind that I kind of take pause and go, I don't know what the fuck I just watched, but I kind of dug it. And have you been have yeah. you been able I, to I explain nothing. I, I was no, talking no, I for got five it. minutes I got it. and said absolutely not. I got it. I got it. What is there anything on the special features as far as the Blu-ray goes or is yeah, there's a bunch of behind behind the scenes, a bunch of uh, uh, there's a commentary track, a really good commentary track actually. Because again, she's a podcaster, so her commentary track is going to be pretty pretty entertaining on its own. Uh, she's got she's got kind of uh, a different energy than Maddie though, but that same kind of don't give a fuck what I say kind of you know. Um, and this this movie kind of shows that. I mean, it's it, this movie does. Oh, there's a so there's a part where she's at the front of Jeffrey Epstein's apartment and then they got the J E and the, the girl's just like making out with the J E while like fingering herself in front of the door, like has nothing to do with anything in the movie, but it, I, I guess it's just part of her, like uh kind of uh, becoming possessed by the pedophile demon. Bruce, so, what do you yeah. think? This what do you think, Bruce? Good. You gotta watch Show the it. kids. You, Bring the kids. It's a family movie. It's good. It's good stuff. <laughs> it's good. Stuff. Are you gonna watch the scary of sixty first? Is it? Did I did, did watch it? I watched it right before the show. You did? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh! How many movies do you watch in a week, Bruce? And your thoughts on the scary know, of sixty? Oh my gosh! How, this, your uh, thoughts it, on this? It was. It was not for me, but I can see it. <laughs> It has a singular vision for sure. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's a but it was not for me. That's a compliment. Yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, no, it was definitely not for me. I, I think partly because I just, um, you know, sometimes you see a movie and the characters, you just, you just don't like hanging out with any of the characters, even to the. But sometimes you can get across above that because like the story just it sucks you in enough that there's terrible characters but for me I these I hated these characters so much that I did not want to hang out with them I will give it a little credit there is one scene that I laughed my ass off at the very at the very end I'm not going to say what happens but there's a scene where is it Dasha is Dasha the one that like is is playing the character who shows up at the third character that shows up is that Dasha I don't know who Dasha um, is I uh I think she's the main character. Anyway, actually. The, well, she's the, the third character who shows up. She's third build. So the she character, might be third, yeah, yeah, the character who shows up out of nowhere at one point towards the very end of the movie, she goes to find the boyfriend at work, uh, and she's covered in blood. I'm not going to say how any of this happens or what exactly the case is. And that scene was out of the blue, so funny. And I, if if the movie had leaned into that funny a little bit more, I might have enjoyed a little more. But for me, this was not not really for me. <laughs> But but I am definitely it, interested in it. It's interesting. I will say, Greg. Okay, you love bad luck banging or loony porn, right? 
I don't love it. I don't love Bad Luck Banger Looney You porn. need I was, to watch this movie. I, I worship it's that like movie. It's like Bad Luck Banger okay. or Looney Porn, okay. but stuff happens. So, oh, so that's, oh, okay. that's the main difference between okay. the two. Stuff, stuff. I, think the main, I think the main fan of this movie is Prince Andrew, though. I'm pretty sure that he loves this movie okay. a lot. Oh, so I, 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 I do as well. But I, I, think, I think this might be... Uh, I think this might be Greg's favorite movie ever. Uh, my, okay, we'll we'll see what what I think. Maybe I'll check it out. Ratings, ratings, okay. Bruce. You're rating on the scary of sixty first. One star. One star for Bruce Turkey. <laughs> Eric, I'm assuming your rating is one more than one star because you've seen it twice. You're rating on the scary of sixty first. I got a bright shiny quarter here that says this is going to be Bruce or uh, Greg's favorite movie. Ever made and we'll set it right there. And you let me know if I okay. owe you a quarter. And <laughs> sounds like a uh, oh, it's on Shutter. You can watch it. Okay, there you go. Uh, this is a five star movie for me. It's it's just that <laughs> right kind of weirdness. But I, I think most it. people would probably go. Uh, most people would lean more towards Bruce. <laughs> but this but was. Can I say my... that I would watch this movie again with Eric and okay. Greg and a few drinks? And it would not be. I would pants. probably have a. <laughs> Uh, well, no, that's once again, <laughs> that's a given. That's just a, <laughs> we just go with that at the beginning. Um, but yeah, this is um, this is something. <laughs> you know what? Those the, the our crew, the, that crew over at Middle Class Film Class, they should actually have some kind of watch for the scary of sixty first to see what they think. Oh yeah, do you think oh, it's a movie the, that yeah, the, uh, uh, Pete and his crew would like? Joseph and uh, Tyler, we, right? What do they call that? The uh, Eric Twitch, the Twitch thing. They're streaming the thing. wheel, the wheel, the wheel. Have them put it on the wheel. This, put it on the wheel. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. No, well, but what, what, Eric, what's the, do you have anything the twi- for them to put on the wheel? What what what's the thing? I bootleg uh, cinema. There it is. Oh, oh bootleg cinema. I, I knew yeah. it'd come to me. God, my brain sucks. And then I was talking about scary sixty first, and my brain started getting possessed by. Never, I'm not gonna finish that sentence. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Eric is going all over the place with scary sixty first. Yeah, this this, this movie is really good, and. uh uh, if they, there's going to be people on on my uh, side of things with this, not many, maybe one, two. I think <laughs> I think more people are going to be uh, on Bruce's end, but I really fucking love this. But again, bets on the table. Bets on the table. One whole quarter. One whole quarter. He's betting a quarter. Or Greg that says Greg will love this movie. Will love. Okay, we'll see what I think of the scary of 61st. That might be a command for me to actually watch it for a rewind next week on Find Your Film. But per usual, before Peter Beta drops that beat, before Bruce Perky actually tells us what's in the box or reviews what's in the box with Eric this week, Eric has another segment that he wants to put into the show. What's this new segment that you got and you and you and Bruce have been in cahoots with? Tell us about this segment. Eric. Well, this segment is a short segment. Insert music interlude right now. Okay. <laughs> called a short segment. This okay. is a very short segment where we talk about shorts. Bruce uh, actually brought both these to the table. I saw one. So just real quick, there's a movie called Bottle. It's about five minutes long on Vimeo. It's a uh, pile of sand throwing a bottle out to a pile of snow and they converse back and forth. Go check it out. It's on video. It's five minutes. It's really good. Okay. You liked it, Bruce? This Vimeo bottle. Where did you hear? Is this from a director that you love? You just found it? How? What is this? Uh, these are actually both these shorts. This director of that one, by the way, is Chris, Kristen Lepore. Um, both of these were suggested by Daniels because Daniels made a list of the movies that influenced them and all of the movies were animated. So I've heard all these weird shorts and I started watching the shorts based on what the Daniels suggested. So that's how I heard about it. Okay, cool. So you have Bottle, which did you like it as much as Eric did? And there's another one called The Eagleman's Dag. What can you tell us about these two shorts? Yeah, Bottle is a perfect a perfect little short and you would it, it's it's both funny and actually kind of heart-wrenching i guess you'd say at the end it's it's beautiful and you can really see why uh, daniels might love it because it has kind of that creativity plus some heart in it also by Kristen lapore a little added bonus she has about a two-minute short called hi stranger which just starts out with this little figure laying on his stomach with his butt exposed and it starts out with something like hi stranger it's okay to look at my butt. Go ahead and look. And then it keeps talking from there. It's very fun, too. <laughs> That's a great one. But The Eagleman Stag is a nine-minute short, also suggested by Daniels. You can get it on Vimeo or YouTube, directed by Michael Please, like 
please watch this short. Uh, the uh, Eagleman Stag is really cool and really way more mind-bending, and I can once again see why they would like it. And it starts out with this kind of montage. It looks like it's all done with like white folded paper in these really intricate settings and and figures and people and everything. And it starts with this little baby fetus. And the fetus looks at you and you hear a grown-up like British voice saying, hello. And he starts talking about his life. And then it's all about how when you're really small, your experiences are the entire world and how you get older, the time and your experiences are compressed and you don't appreciate them as much and how you might go back to appreciate them. And the Eagleman stag, he is a, he's a taxonomist, I think is what they call it, where they name different creatures and he finds a stag beetle and his name is Eagleman and he calls it the Eagleman stag. And that Eagleman stag has a very special property, which involves uh, memory and time. It's very cool. That sounds depressing. Is it a depressing watch or is it no. an inspiring watch? Oh, okay. It's like a weird epic, epic short in nine minutes. Epic it's like short a life in nine minutes. That's the thing. Is it short? It's a short segment. Okay, so the short segment covered was Bottle, which is five minutes, and The Eagleman Stag, which Bruce also highly recommends. Eagleman Stag, an epic life story in nine minutes should be interesting. And before we go on to what's in the box, we have- Oh, real have, quick. Oh, yes. And that was a short segment. Okay. What, <laughs> what music should we insert for the short segment segue? Bruce, what do you think? What jazz, jazz hands? I think country. we need to find, no, no, no. I think we need to find some clip of Martin Short from, what was the movie uh, where he is the little, plays a little kid? Oh, Clifford? You don't talk. Yeah, we need to find out something from Clifford. <laughs> okay, yeah, just like, a short, <laughs> short segment. segment. <laughs> yeah, Martin Short, what a talented person. You know what? I was trying to I was trying to actually think of something clever regarding Pete and dropping the beat. Bruce and your dry wit, is there anything you can come up with as far as Pete and the drums and the segment and all that stuff? Can you is there any way you can save me with your rapier wit? You know, I'm just thinking in the version of the Northmen we have, when they are ready to battle, they would drop that beat. Who's in the box? Oh, what's in the box? You lie! No! What's in the fucking box? That was very good, Bruce. Very good. Again, thank you, Pete, for, for basically being our music band leader every single week here on Find Your Film. Now, what's in the box? There's a box that it's a movie that I it's it's a it's a moniker that actually shielded me away from actually watching this movie. Bruce, what is the movie you got for us that you and Eric actually got to see? Well, I think Eric had talked about this way back in the movie mainline days when we were talking about hammer movies, although I don't believe I don't know if this is actually considered a full-on Hammer movie, but it might be like Hammer adjacent. Uh, either way, it's called uh, Blood on Satan's Claw. Uh, and this was recently... Yeah. <laughs> this recently came up in that um, epic, nearly four-hour documentary on folk horror that I was watching. Um, and this is considered one of the holy trinity of folk horror movies, with the other two being Witchfinder General... With Vincent and Price, lose the flower of evil, and lose the flower of evil. No, and and uh, the Wicker Man. The oh, original that one Wicker too. Man. That one's good too. So, uh, and this one is one that's been I've seen it floating around forever, and I never got around to watching it. I was like, okay, I'll put it in the box, and it might show up, and it did. Uh, it's 1971, directed by Piers Haggard, and I believe I watched it on. To be, you can watch it a lot of places. You can find it. It's pretty easy to find. The basic concept is the beginning of the movie is it's like, you know, old England or whatever. And uh, this dude's out pushing the plow, you know, the kind of plow that literally you push behind a horse and it digs up this creepy head, a skull kind of thing, like this giant creepy skull. And he's like, oh my God. And he freaks out and he goes to get somebody to show him because it looks like it's a creature or something. And the head of the the master of the town or whatever comes out and they can't, they can't find anything. And then strange things start happening and the kids in the town start getting weird. And is it a cult? What is it? What's happening? And there's a claw and there's all kinds of stuff. It's okay. Uh, I'd like to see what Eric thinks too. This, this didn't hit me as much as those other two movies that I mentioned. I, I feel like this has some great ideas, but the execution definitely is a bit dated. There's a lot of fur in this Satan. And I don't think of Satan as being very furry, <laughs> but apparently this one is. And he looks kind of like a gorilla costume with a claw. <laughs> yeah. 
it's kind of like Children of the Corn meets the I don't know the you know witchy times. Uh, it has it has its moments, but it definitely wasn't for me. It wasn't it wasn't super great. Bruce, does this have an audience though? You said it wasn't super great for you, but do you see people taking to this film? Yeah, a lot of people really love this movie. Um, and I like movies from this era of this type. I like those gothic hammer type of movies, but this one just, I think for me, it was just kind of the creature and the story just didn't have enough like style and oomph for me. It was a little bit all over the place. So it didn't quite work for me. And I was reading about it that the trivia, and I guess the trivia was they originally planned on it being three separate stories, like a little trilogy of stories that all revolved around finding this creature in the ground. And I kind of see that because it feels a little muddled to me. And I think maybe that's kind of why I didn't respond to it as much as I might have if it had been a singular story that seemed unified. But uh, I don't know. I think Greg was kind of somewhat, or Eric, I think you were kind of somewhat mixed on it, weren't you? I remember liking it, but that, so now that I'm thinking of it, maybe we didn't cover it because I know we did a bunch of hammers, a bunch mm-hmm. of hammer movies. And I think this, I'd have to go back and listen. I wonder if maybe this is one that I saw while we were watching those and maybe I didn't cover that or, but also this is kind of, was there a scene where they have like a big feast and there's like a, a poor person coming in and they're fucking with them or was, am I thinking of a different one? Okay. Nope. Shit. I don't know which one this is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it, it was this, this one, one if, the, if you remember anything is this one about, kind of like a, a lot of kids so the, so this wasn't a werewolf movie um, nope you know what this one the main thing it, of this it, movie it really is there's a girl me, this one <laughs> there's a main girl in town and she kind of becomes the ringleader of a bunch of kids that's why i said it kind of has oh, a okay bit of a... okay all right yeah <laughs> yeah see that's the thing we watched like a bunch of hammer horror movies like a couple years ago for the for the movie mainline and all 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 those movies are jumbling around. I was like, well, what about the part with the werewolf up in the uh, up in the uh, bell tower? Was that no? Nope. That wasn't this one. <laughs> all right, I, I, I don't know. But uh, well, yeah, I I just have to watch this one again. I I remember liking it when I watched it, but I can't. I can kind of like that. Now that you say the kids, I get like a idea of like a, a cart with like some were they like uh they're like imprisoning children in the cart or something. Eric, you know you're sounding like Liam <laughs> in memory right now. Yeah. Like, <laughs> we should call this broken brain the episode. <laughs> this is a memory skit. Oh look, Eric, is it yours or Liam's pills on the floor? We gotta pick them up for you. <laughs> so. I do believe I've seen blood on Satan's claw. But I do not remember what it's. <laughs> well, okay. How about this? Let's tie them together. Bruce Perky, memory or the blood on Satan's claw? A per- uh, one of uh, our fellow cinephiles out there in the ether, out in the ether, they have a choice. They can either have one or the other. Which one? You're going to have more fun with blood on Satan's claw than memory. That's for sure. Uh, okay. Now, it disappointed you. What was your rating on the blood on Satan's claw? I'm right in the middle. I'd probably be two and a half. It's it's not up to par for me for that era of movies. I would go watch something. Just just skip this and go watch Witchfinder General, or even better, go watch the Abominable Doctor Fibes. Oh, oh, definitely that. I remember that. Very, one. very, very good. Okay, so that's the blood on Satan's claw. One, you know, it's going to be Eric <laughs> is now obsessed. Eric is now obsessed with finding out if he actually saw <laughs> oh. the blood on Satan's claw. He's going to have nightmares about okay. this. He's, no, I, I had the, it, had the yes, thing. yes, the naked chase yeah, in the middle. Yeah. Of the, okay, okay, <laughs> right, yes, yes. Yeah. Eric, you got it. Did you, Are you did sure you, this isn't the one with the? They didn't have a. They didn't have a cart full of children in prison. <laughs> <laughs> Not the one I saw. It what the fuck movie? That was sounds that? like Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. <laughs> <laughs> Bruce, is this the one where? Where Liam Neeson, he plays something, he plays a killer, but he won't kill kids. And All right, there's there's this scene that I remember. What okay. was there's a scene, listeners, podcast listeners, there's a person in the top hat. He looks like a merry like, gentleman. If yes, the camera Eric. turns around, there's a cart there. Or there's, there's a cart there. There is some kind of cart <laughs> that, that Eric Holmes is actually trying to he is so obsessed with the cart right now. Wow, uh, guys! We're, guys, we're not stopping the episode until I fucking remember this guy. <laughs> well, you know what? So, you know what? Let's not. Let's just change. Find your film to find your cart, Bruce. In your in your uh, years uh, in this world, do you, ha- do you have a favorite cart? What was it made of, and how does it make you feel? <laughs> I can't think of. Um, I like the cart from the original. Um, the original 
Planet of the Apes. They had a good cart in that one, for sure. <laughs> very, so, very good. I can't think of like any A carts. cart of dogs in the Curse of the Wolf, maybe? Yeah, possibly. Possibly. <laughs> I think there's a cart. Yes. There's a, holy shit, I'm no fucking... I, I remember the scene. I remember the... Like, there was something in a cart, and then there was a girl that's like, no, you can't blah, blah, blah. Like, she... And then... Bruce, who picked the blood on Satan's claw? Was that something you just put in the box just to put in the box? <laughs> It was just something I put in the box. How dare you? I guess it's my own fault. Don't it's ever. my fault. I caused all of this. I'm so sorry. <laughs> you know what you have to put in that? You know what? Actually, have our buddy Boston, Grant Boston, Eric Holmes, have him make you a cart from, from his work, from his work <laughs> and mail it to Bruce and have Bruce put it in the box. Speaking of the box, Bruce. That's just it, though. I don't. I don't want a cart. I want to remember what movie that cart scene was. <laughs> this is, it, it's what, what if what if it's even worse? What if he's right about all this stuff and I'm just telling him it's not in the movie? That would be Oh, you really son cool, of a right? bitch. I bet you did that. <laughs> <laughs> Eric Holmes' lack of a memory right now is like a Christopher Nolan movie that Bruce Perky obviously does not want to see because he's not a fan of Tenet. Shake that box, Bruce. Shake that box. What do you got? What's in the box? There was stop, a fucking cart stop in the movie. Treating me, <laughs> stop treating me as an object. Tell me to shake my box. <laughs> Tell so us what's in the box. I'm looking at all these pictures from the blood on Satan's claw. They look pretty interesting. I might actually just check that out as well. <laughs> you know what? I'm not going to do it. Angie, Angie Clark. We haven't and, had anything from Angie Clark for forever. Yeah. Our buddy Angie I'm going to watch a movie that I should have – yeah. I should have seen this movie forever ago. I never saw Easy A. From 2010. Okay. Oh, that's a good one. Stone, is that the yeah. one with the cart of like children? In the- yeah, Emma Stone's <laughs> on a cart. cart children, yes. Stone's it's like, an- get the children out of the cart. They're going to die. Eric Holmes is banned. Emma Stones from- them. Yes. <laughs> yeah, very good. Very funny. Eric Holmes is banned from. Oh, you know what? You're not banned from Final Thoughts. Can you give us a final thought from you, Eric Holmes? A, a cartless thought from you? Yes. Um, uh, I, I guess we'll be having merch soon. And if you want it, you can click on it. And if not, that's fine. But I did come up with an idea for a t-shirt. It says, uh, <laughs> the, yeah, never mind. This is a cart movie, something about, something about the a cart. cart and some, I think with the podcast, <laughs> it, it says, that- says, what's that movie? Something about a cart and some dogs. <laughs> Or, folks, on find, go to our Find Your Film merch site. We, we are actually going to start selling carts as well. Carts will be part of our merch line as well. It'll have that Find Your Film logo emblazoned on the side. Yeah, you cl- you just click on the hoodie and it goes up into your cart. And then, yeah. and then, and then you can have a real cart. You can have a wooden cart. You can, you can have a metal cart. Or, and if you're an MCU fan like our buddy Anderson Cowan, we're going to make you a cart out of Admantium. So we're, we're all good. We're all good. Bruce Perky, final Order thoughts. Order a carton Le- of eggs. <laughs> Car- oh, oh, oh. That, that joke. Right. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to rein this in. I'm going to rein this in for a final oh, thought. Lord. Let's just say, uh, in the director's cut of The Northman, where, um, Robert Eggers is actually allowed to, to show the, the true majesty of the Northman, it will need a cart to keep something from dragging on the ground. Okay, final thoughts. We will see you next week here on Find Your Film. <laughs> Again, sorry, folks, no more cart mentions for the rest of our existence. See you guys. <laughs>